Organize yourselves. Prepare every needful thing. And establish a house, even a house of prayer, a house of fasting, a house of faith, a house of learning, a house of glory, a house of order, a house of God. In a very real sense, we are builders of eternal houses. Welcome to Creator Homemaking. This podcast is dedicated to helping women create Christ-centered homes and lives. We hope you'll join us on this journey. All right, welcome to another recording of Ho- Creator's Homemaking with Emily and Kirsten. This is part three of preparing every needful thing, and we're so glad that you're here with us and joining us today. And second Nephi... Chapter 2, verse 26, it says, we are to act and not be acted upon. So we've talked about food storage and the importance of that. And we've talked about gardening and preserving food and the essential um, things that that brings to us. So now what? Now where are we at next? Um, How do we use the things that we've stored and the things that we've preserved? Uh, So the thing that we've been talking about or thinking about is meal planning how it works and how it works with both ways to use our food storage and to determine what to put in it. Uh, We should only store and we're only going to cook the things that we have. So if we don't like something, and I know we talked about that, we're not going to want to store it and we don't (laughs) want to cook with it. So how do we combine all of those things that we've been talking about into one thing? Emily, what do you think? Um, yeah, I am not a great meal planner, but we do try and make a menu and stick to that, at least for dinner. And, um, in preparing for this today, Kirsten sent me an article from the Cooking Light magazine. It was by Dr. Carolyn Williams titled Top Five Benefits of Meal Planning. And as I was thinking about it before I got this article from her I kind of thought about some things that are benefits from it and those things that I had thought were the things she said and those five things were more likely to reach our health goals saves money enables variety and gives you control streamlines shopping and decreases food waste and prevents decision fatigue and as I was thinking about our goal with this podcast on creating Christ-centered lives, I was like, how does meal planning fit into that? And it brought me to the word of wisdom. And in these five things, I think there's a lot of gospel principles. Um, You know, our children and youth have a new program where they're setting goals, Um, saving money. Obviously we've talked, been told to stay out of debt. Um, And so I think even though it may not seem like a spiritual thing necessarily that it is, and it helps us in our efforts to create that Christ-centered home. I agree. And we've talked about before how organization and having things running smoothly can invite the spirit. And when things are crazy and on chaos, it kind of drives it away. And I think that goes great with, 
planning meals because I know the nights that I don't plan a meal or you're stressing all day long trying to figure it out because at least one of my kids at breakfast will be like, what's for dinner tonight? I'm like, I don't know. Let's just eat breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) With that chaos and it's just on our mind all day. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? What am I going to make? It kind of drives away the spirit and anything else being able to come into our minds because we're so focused on what's for dinner. Right. That's yeah. I have like a menu board in my kitchen and I put the menu for the week, but inevitably my kids are always like, what's for dinner? It's like, it's yeah. right up there on the menu board. <laughs> yeah. Look Maybe they're it. hoping I changed it because they don't like whatever it is. But <laughs> oh, I saw this quote. It was a little sign on Pinterest and it says, I hate when I go to the kitchen for food and all I find are ingredients. <laughs> I just had to laugh (laughs) because it's so true sometimes. If we don't have a plan, we just go, I don't even know. (laughs) But when we have a plan, we can go and be like, oh, yeah, I have the stuff to make this. It's not just ingredients anymore. It's, yeah, this is for that. Right. Yeah, it makes me think of, you know, our grandma, our mom used to say that she could create a meal out of anything. And it was so true. And no matter what it was, it always filled you up and it was good. And it did seem like sometimes she created meals out of nothing. And I think that's important for us to have that skill too, that, you know, we might not have a ton of food in our house, but if we have those basic essentials, then we can create a lot of different things. Yeah. And I know as I've tried to build up my food storage, that's kind of where I look first when I'm planning meals. Okay, what do I already have that I can make things with? And then, you know, if I want to say spaghetti, for instance, um, I know I already have everything for that in the basement in my food storage room. But those ingredients still go on my list to buy at the grocery store so I can replenish them. But they're also... It's a good way to start. Like, what in the world am I going to have? Well, what do we already have on hand is a good way to start uh, planning those meals. Yeah, I agree. That's, um, we have tried over the last couple of years to use our food storage more and not just go buy everything we need all the time. And that has saved us so much money and Um, I feel like we haven't wasted as much food because we've been doing that more. So I think that does help. Yeah, it is a great way too to rotate food storage. You know, you can buy a whole case of, I don't know, tomato sauce or whatever it is, but it's eventually going to go bad in a few years. And if we're not rotating it, then we're just throwing it out. And so it's a good way to help rotate and to know what you're going to eat. You know, what are, what are your kids going to eat and what do I need to store? Because I think lots of times we don't know exactly what to store in our food storage. But if we know that our family loves spaghetti and could eat it once a week, you know, or whatever, if they yeah. have, then we know what needs to be in our food storage and we can kind of gauge how much of it because it's something that we make a lot. Oh, okay. I know I need this many cans or I know I need this many packages of noodles if I wanted to make it once a week, that's a good way to help calculate what goes in our food storage. Yeah. So my middle son loves tacos in like <laughs> all their varieties. And so, <laughs> <Daughter>. <laughs> yeah, 
Tuesday has become Taco Tuesday at our house, and we have some form of taco like every week on Tuesday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I always make sure I have those things. So I make homemade tortillas because we just like them better. And so I make sure I have those ingredients always extra. And then um, there's a couple other recipes that call for different sauces. And so I always make sure I have those extra sauces. But I've thought about food storage. I'm like, if we don't have <laughs> lettuce or cheese or, you know, those types of things, they might be a little bit more boring tacos. But I guess we can still, we can make canned salsa and we can, yeah, I guess yeah. have veggie tacos. I don't know. <laughs> right. You can at least make tortillas, so. That's right. (laughs) Thinking back over all the years of meal planning that I've tried to do, and I remember starting it thinking, okay, I need to meal plan just because I don't like thinking what's for dinner every day. It's, I like how that, was it the fifth thing that says meal fatigue or meal decision fatigue? Yeah. I thought, Oh, I can totally relate to that. (laughs) As soon as you're like, what's for dinner, you can't think of one thing you've ever made in the whole, however many years you've been cooking dinner. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) And I know we've done all sorts of crazy, you know, tried things that have worked, don't work. Sometimes they work for a little bit and then you have to be flexible and change. And depending on which kids are home, um, my two older kids both love soups and casseroles. And so we made a lot of that. Now they're both gone and the ones left at home mostly don't <laughs> like soup. But I'm like, all right, I guess we won't make that very often. However, I like it. So it has to go on every once in a while, but I remember for a while I tried making a menu and then I would go look at it and be like, I don't want that today. That doesn't sound good. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to do that. And so then I started just making a menu of just things that I knew we had on hand that I could make. So I had kind of a list to choose from. It wasn't assigned a specific day. And now I do make one for every day of the week and I don't have to think about it. And it's so nice, whether it's something I love or not, (laughs) I don't really care. I just want to know what it is that I'm making for dinner. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. The one thing I try and do Um, obviously if you need fresh ingredients for something, you have to go to the store to buy them. Um, and so if I have to buy something like that, I try and plan meals that I can use it more than once in that week. And that way, like, so my son has a favorite soup that calls for spinach and we are not like just plain like spinach eaters. Right. So if I'm planning that meal, then I have to try and come up with something else to do the rest of the spinach because you can't buy just like a handful of spinach you have to right pull back so i need to start growing it then be better <laughs> but, um and so you know we like it in salad so we'll do like chef salad later that week or something so that we're not wasting the rest of that spinach so i think that's um a good thing also like oh uh, chicken is another thing that we buy it in like the bigger packages 
And so if I have to thaw it out or whatever, we don't eat the whole package in one meal. And so I can plan in a couple days to do something else with chicken so that we're not wasting that chicken. So I think that's a good thing if you can when you're planning your menu for the week to look at those things that you can use in more than one way that week. Yeah, that's a good idea. I do that a lot. Um, chili. My kids love chili, even, even though it's a soup. <laughs> they all, they all, except for my youngest son, will eat chili. They could probably eat it once a week. And uh, so I'll usually make a big pot in the crock pot of chili and I do the same thing. Sometimes I'll just freeze it so we have it for later. Or I will do a baked potato bar later on in the week where we can, you know, put chili on our potatoes because my kids love that. Or a quick, you know, easy lunch. We'll just grill hot dogs and then we have chili to put on it. And so there's a lot of things the same way with, you know, if I'm buying a bunch of chicken that week, then I will try and, okay, this is what we're having, you know, is other meals with chicken or I'll cook some ahead of time we always do the one thing that we have I've tried like taco Tuesday or you know pastas on Monday which is a great way to get started but it doesn't really work for us as well right now as it has in the past but the one thing we always have is pizza on Friday every Friday we have some sort of pizza I usually make it but we have different methods of making it (laughs) but my one daughter does not like pizza sauce and but she does like barbecue like barbecue chicken pizza or just a white sauce or just butter with seasonings and chicken and cheese on it that's her favorite so I always if I'm making chicken throughout the week try and save just a little bit aside so that we have chicken for our pizza on Friday (laughs) (laughs) yeah I love that tradition of yours. I think it's great. Um, One thing I've thought a lot about, and I actually found a Reader's Digest poll from October 1994 that found that students who regularly shared mealtimes with their families tested better than those who didn't. And that is one thing when my husband and I got married is we tried to make it a goal that we would always have dinner together as a family. And Obviously, my husband works shift work, and so he is not always home for dinner. Yeah. I have tried to make it a priority with my kids, and I love how you've kind of made Friday night that with your kids because your husband often is not home either. And um, just that importance um, of setting that time aside. I know some of my fondest memories growing up are around the dinner table and just conversations we had or funny things that happened or... I don't remember if you remember our younger sister used to go around the table and like lift everybody's chair up. I don't know why, but I just was thinking about that and just like (laughs) how funny it was. But for whatever reason, I remember that and just, I don't know. I just think it's important to um, try and set aside. And if you can't do it every week, like, or every day, at least a couple days a week where you set that time aside, I think it's a great way to talk to your kids and, find out what's going on in their lives yeah um i actually found kind of a funny story to go along with that this was in a enzyme article from september 1998 and it kind of made me think of your family but um it was by janine i don't know how to say her last name badsgard 
I probably said it wrong. But anyway, <laughs> I'm just going to read it because it's funny. And she said, early one morning, our daughter ran into our bedroom and announced, Mom, Dad, it's raining in the basement. We jumped out of bed and ran downstairs. The dishwasher had malfunctioned during the night, flooding our home. My nine children sloshed around the soggy house, trying desperately to get ready for school. Meantime, my husband and I dragged our food storage from the soaked storeroom to the backyard, where minutes later the sky darkened and rain began to fall. I could tell it was going to be one of those days. Later that evening around the dinner table, our soggy family of 11 shared their own sorry tales of the day's disasters. Our high school-aged daughter broke her front tooth while playing powder puff football. Our junior high-aged children either forgot their band instruments, left gym clothing at home, or missed the bus. Our daughter, who attends the university, could not find her car in the parking lot and was late for work. Our kindergartner had an accident at recess that required an immediate change of clothing. As the final blow, I realized we had changed our homeowner's insurance policy to a higher deductible, which had gone into effect just three days earlier. After listening to these seemingly never-ending tales of woe over dinner, my five-year-old daughter blurted out loudly enough to be heard over the din of conversation. Mommy, couldn't Heavenly Father just put a rainbow over our house? We all turned to stare at her, then burst into laughter. Suddenly we realized that dripping carpets, broken teeth, lost cars, and tight budgets weren't the end of the world. We still had each other. And soggy or dry, our greatest joys came from being together as a family. Talking about our day at dinner time had helped us remember that. And I just, I kind of feel like things you've told me over the years about family. And I think it's just part of having a large family. But I just, um, I just love that, you know, the daughter realized that a rainbow was a sign of, you know, Heavenly Father's protection or care. And um, just that even though hard things come, they were still together as a family at the end of the day and could laugh and enjoy that time together i just yeah. love that i read that story too and i just thought it was so <laughs> i can totally really relate <laughs> but i think kind of one of the keys to that is inevitably no matter what happens one of my kids will kind of see that silver lining kind of like she did with the rainbow that puts everything back into perspective of oh yeah because everybody has those bad <laughs> not fun <laughs> And they're usually ones that we laugh about later on, usually around the dinner table. But as you were talking earlier, I thought, you know, so that is some of my fondest memories growing up were at the dinner table. And some of my fondest memories with my kids are at the dinner table. I mean, the stories that I think they relate the most is remember that dinner time when, you know, somebody spilled their soup and they, you know, yeah. or, you know, somebody tripped and spaghetti sauce was all over the walls. And, you know, it's usually related to some sort of catastrophe or mess. Yes. <laughs> the thing that they all remember and, you know, gets shared and laughed at later on all the time. And, and it is, it's a great way just to connect with everybody at the end of the, of the day. And that is something we've tried to is to eat dinner as much as possible together as a family. Like you said, my husband's not always home at dinner time either. And, you know, now we have kids that are older and, you know, once they start working, they're not maybe always home, but as often as possible. And I would say most, you know, five out of seven days, at least we're all home together as a family to eat, except for the ones that are on missions and at college that can't make yeah. it. But. <laughs> <laughs> but another thing I was thinking of too is, um, 
teaching our kids. I've done, before they started working, it was a lot easier and started being involved in everything because then they're never home <laughs> to, to help yeah. with me. But um, I used to give them, since there were seven of them, well, I didn't the baby, so six of them, I gave them each a day and said, okay, you have to plan, you know, what do you want for dinner on your day is Monday, whatever it was, you know, what are we having for Monday? Let them choose what we were going to have. Okay. What are we going to need for it? And so they had to help find, figure out the ingredients and what needed to go on our shopping list. And then they had to help make it. And that was their dinner night and they helped make it and clean up. And so it was a great teaching way to teach them how to cook and there were definitely weeks that we ate the same meal every single, you know, <laughs> every single Monday we had the same meal because that's the only thing they wanted to cook. Um, and it, it was okay. It worked. We survived and we got fed. But it was a good way for them to have to learn how to do it. It was a good way to ha have them in the kitchen, ha having them have to cook. And it was good to just have some one-on-one -on -one time with them to have those little conversations that just come up as we're chopping potatoes or scrubbing dishes or stirring soup or, you know, whatever it is, it was a good learning thing for them. And my goodness, my son's on a mission right now. And he'll be like, Oh yeah, I just made, you know, biscuits and gravy for my, he's in a, in a apartment with four of them. He's like, I just made biscuits and gravy for all, you know, my companion missionary, in my apartment this morning. I'm like, yeah, when I was in college, I think I ate Cocoa Puffs every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or my daughter at school, she's in an apartment with six of them. I'm like, oh, what'd you have for dinner tonight? She's like, oh, we made roast and potatoes tonight. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess I taught them. I did not eat that in college either. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> so it's kind of nice to see and, and hear that. But it's I love that the opportunity to cook with them and help them. Or it brings peace to my mind knowing that they can. They will not starve yeah. if I'm not here for dinner. <laughs> they know how to do it. Yeah. Um, I think it's such an important thing. And you talk about mission and college, you know, if they know how to do those things, then they, it really is a benefit to them. And I've thought, you know, what greater thing than with this new children and youth program? Like, that's a great goal. Um, you know, learn how to make a menu and how to make a shopping list from that menu and then how to cook the things on that menu. And that is something that I'm trying to start with my boys too. In fact, the one that loves tacos has learned how to make the tortilla dough because oh, he needs to come to my house. <laughs> like, um, he also loves like soft pretzels. And so he's learned how to make the soft pretzels. And, um, you know, my older son, there's some things he likes and so he's learned how to make those and it's just um such a blessing to have them able to help or if you know they're like oh I want this it's like well you know how to make it you can go make it you know and uh so yeah I agree with that it's important to teach them and let them help I know sometimes it's hard because you're in a hurry or right. you don't want the mess and so you're like just <laughs> let me do it but if we don't if we're always doing for them they never learn our responsibility. I heard a quote once that was, you know, our purpose as parents is to teach our children so that they can leave and be successful. And as hard as that is, it's really what it is for. So, right. Well, 
another thing that's a little bit of this aspect is I started it a couple of years ago um, in the summer, you know, I used to take all of my kids shopping because I couldn't leave them all home alone. Um, yeah. <laughs> as they got older, as the older ones got older and I could leave some of them home with them and it was really nice. But uh, a couple of years ago, I started in the summer, you still have to go grocery shopping. It doesn't, it doesn't end. Yeah. Um, and so I would take one of them a week. And they had to help me be in charge of what was on the list. They had to be aware of what was the budget was, how much we could spend. So they had the calculator out and it was a good learning experience for them when they would be like, Oh, but I really, you know, want this snack or whatever. I'm like, okay, does it fit? You know, can we afford yeah. it? That gonna, and it really opens their eyes to be like, Oh yeah. And it brings a little bit more awareness to them and accountability for them when they're the ones asking to total everything up. Like, Oh yeah, no, but if we bought this ingredient, then we could make cookies or, you know, different things like that. And yeah. I know one of them used that as part of their, the children youth program uh, to help learn with budgeting uh, and it's a great way to, for me. It's about the only time I get ever one-on-one -on -one with them. And so usually I would try and, you know, we, we would buy a candy, their favorite candy bar or something. And they just thought <laughs> that's great. But it was more great for me to be able to have that little bit of one-on-one -on -one time and that, you know, just that teaching and the bonding time that when there's so many, we don't get a lot of. Yeah. Um, another thing, when you were talking about the children youth program, I didn't even really think about that when I was learning that or when I was studying this week, but I have one daughter who loves to make cookies. She would probably make cookies every single day. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, okay, let's kind of focus that a little bit. And I believe it was through started when the pandemic kind of hit and she wanted to, to learn how to do it all on her own. And so I said, all right, once a week you can make cookies. And so she did. And then, um, she, we would pick somebody in our ward or in our community or somebody that we would take a plate of cookies to. And it was just such a fun way for her to have to learn how to do it, learn those skills on her own, but also to share. And we, would just go knock on somebody's door and hand them a plate of cookies. And it was so fun to, to watch her be so excited to share them with somebody else. Yeah, that's great. Thanks. Um, I found this quote from President Kimball. Apparently I like President Kimball because I um, <laughs> seem to quote him a lot, but <laughs> I don't know. They're just so good. Um, it doesn't really have anything necessarily to do with meal planning, but kind of what we've talked about this being together as a family. He said, it is important for us also to cultivate in our own family a sense that we belong together eternally, that whatever changes outside our home, there are fundamental aspects of our relationship, which will never change. And I just loved that. And, um, you know, and trying to make meal time together as a family, priority just building those relationships and those will continue eternally if we're faithful and if we're not doing what we can to build those then they're not going to be built and so I just really liked that yeah I really like that too 
one other aspect I've thought about with meal planning is the health benefits. Um, I mean, it's a, a lot healthier and cheaper than going yeah. to the drive-through all the time, which I could never do. But, but it's a good way to help teach your kids the, kind of those basic food groups of, okay, we can have, you know, tacos. Because I have a daughter that we have tacos about once a week as well in some form. <laughs> okay, well, we can't just have chicken and cheese on them. What else are we going to have with them? And it's a good way for them to try new things, but also to realize that, hey, you know, we need to have those fruits and vegetables. And fortunately, all of mine will eat some of the, some of them, <laughs> not all of them like all of them, but <laughs> some are more picky than others about that. But they all will eat their, you know, some fruits and vegetables, but it's a good way to make for me to make sure they're getting those the all the nutrition that they need yeah i agree i think that was one of those five things that um was in that article yeah. was um, and yeah I, it's much easier if you have a menu to be like okay we can have you know this veggie this day or this has this vegetable in it or whatever and so yeah it does make it easier to make sure you're getting all of those groups in and I just keep going back to the word of wisdom this week as I've thought about this and you know make sure you're kind of those guidelines too and um that we will be blessed if we are promised in there um there was another quote and this was from Barbara B. Smith. Um, it was from a talk called Follow Joyously from the October 1980 conference, and it was cute. It just says, Let us make our kitchens creative centers from which emanate some of the most delightful of all home experiences. I think we've talked about that a little bit about how many fond memories we have of being in the kitchen. I remember, you know, growing up, we made, if we wanted dessert, we had to make it because we couldn't afford to buy store-bought stuff and so I lots of fond memories of making cookies or we learned how to make chocolates and uh, you know different things like that and it really is I think I've heard you know the kitchen is the heart of the home and I think in a lot of ways that really is true I feel like sometimes gospel lessons are easier taught when you're doing something fun like making cookies than when you're trying to have family evening just sitting in your front room or whatever yeah because it's a little less formal I guess I don't know and so your kids are more apt to open up and talk I I agree and I was just gonna say that that you know like that kitchen is the heart of the home and I'm in that room more than I'm in any other room (laughs) (laughs) throughout the day and my kids always know they can usually find me there and it is it's a place that they can come and feel safe and open up about things that are going on or just share what has been going on during the day and i i love that they'll just come in and and they know that it's a safe place to be and they want to help but i think we i think they help me a lot more than I help them sometimes with just the things that they say 
and talk about uh, it's definitely I um, read a story about somebody I don't I don't remember I should have looked it up and you know he was his boys were plowing or something and they were making a mess and <laughs> and with the cows and all sorts of things and and they came out to him and said you know look at these cows are you know the, the thing's a mess and the wife said you're not raising cows you're raising boys and I think that's so true in the kitchen we make a big mess and it's you know but we're we're raising our children and we do so much more I think spiritual in there than we ever realize yeah I agree and it's a great center for creation of taking something and making something else out of it. Yeah. It's, a, it's like the experiment lab. The, yeah. <laughs> the creative center. The, <laughs> the, the bakery. Clean. The, yeah. <laughs> and it, it is. It's a fun and I, one thing I remember is my grandma, I would go and spend usually a couple of weeks with her. And I look back now and think, man, she had so much patience. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember one year, I think we baked a cake almost every single day and frosted it, my cousin and I. And we had so much fun doing it. And she just let us bake. And I don't think I ever once did any of the dishes. <laughs> I look back and I think, oh my goodness, I know how that feels when my kids are, don't clean up after they've made yeah. cookies or something. <laughs> but it was just so fun. And I to be there, to be with her, and to just learn. And to have fun and to make a mess and to fail at something miserably and it be okay. And to be able to share the things that we made. Yeah, that's fun. Well, we want to thank you for joining us for this episode. I have a quote from President Uchtdorf I want to share about creating. And I think Kirsten shared part of it in our very first episode. But I just wanted to share it again just to remind you all what our purpose is and what we're trying to do. And we're hoping that we're helping you in some way. Um, he said, the desire to create is one of the deepest yearnings of the human soul. No matter our talents, education, background, or abilities, we each have an inherent wish to create something of substance or beauty. Creation brings deep satisfaction and fulfillment. We develop ourselves and others when we take unorganized matter into our hands and mold it into something of beauty. You may think you don't have talents, the false assumption for we all have talents and gifts, every one of us. The bounds of creativity extend far beyond the limits of a canvas or a sheet of paper and do not require a brush, a pen, or the keys of a piano. Creation means bringing into existence something that did not exist before. Colorful gardens, harmonious homes, family memories, flowing laughter. And I just hope that we're helping you and we're grateful for those of you that are listening and hope that you will continue to join us on our journey.